Okay. So this is a re-recording of our shear this past Matzah Shabbos, Parshas Yisrael. Matzah Shabbos, Parshas Yisrael. Or really, Yom Aleph, Parshas Mishpatim. I decided to re-record this because of what felt to me post the shear, A, some misunderstandings, and I think more importantly, maybe some inaccuracies about uh, what I what I thought I was trying to say and really what felt like my inability to say it. So I'm re-recording this, perhaps in a little bit of a different way, as a introduction to Parsish Mishpatim, but also as a um, really a, a trying to understand uh, some things about Parshish Yisrael, about Matan Torah, about the receiving of Torah. And really this is like many of our discussions, a much longer shir, Meretz Hashem, the next uh, topic we, we will get into is the, the uh, relationship between spiritual practice and religion, the difference between the two, the, the, uh, the recognition of what it means to be a mitzvah v'aisa, what it means to be commanded by God, as opposed to simply intuiting God. And today, this shir will, will be a I guess a hakdama for that. We're going to start by discussing a certain uh, idea, an idea that's related to spirituality. We're going to start with the first Maramakam, the first source, Rav Kook Shmonekvatsim. So, as you know, Rav Kook wrote many, many. Uh, journals, journal entries, hundreds, thousands really of journal entries on his own that were never intended to be printed. Little Instagram posts or tweets, if you will, of random thoughts that he had. Many of these thoughts have been traced back to different Mamari Chazal or different um, Sukkim in Tanakh. And some of them are simply just standalone ideas that he had, random thoughts that he had, which thankfully were put together in uh, a series of what's called eight journals, Shmona Kvatsam. And the first source that we're going to look at tonight is Shmona Kvatsam Kovitz 1. It's the first journal, Ois Ayendal at 74. And I translated this into. Uh, into English for us to be able to follow along. I will read together uh, the translation in English uh, and not the Hebrew here. So this is what Rav Kook says. When the intellect shines full in all its beauty, which means when our consciousness, our capacity to be aware of all of reality, all of our awareness and all of our consciousness, which includes our unconsciousness, when all of what human capacity can grasp shines in all of its full beauty, that means were we to be able to expand our sense of consciousness to everything that's possible, which is the way Chazal teaches us when Hashem created Adam, the way Adam was created, Adam at the beginning of time, knew and understood everything. He was able to see He was able to see from one end of the world to the other end of the world. That means that Adam's consciousness was completely expanded. Enlightenment at the highest level, if you will. Enlightenment at the highest level. When the intellect shines full in all of its light, in all of its beauty, when our intellect and our consciousness is completely expanded, then, Rav Kook says, there is no need for the specific guidance of chukim and mishpatim. The rules, the chukim, and the mishpatim, the laws that are commanded to us, there is no need for that when our consciousness is completely expanded. Because all of the complete goodness that exists and that is found in reality flows straight from the, the beauty of the intellect, which means 
when the when the intellect is completely expanded, there is no division, there is no resistance between what the intellect wants, what the intellect thinks, what the intellect has intention for, and action. There's nothing that separates my ability to think and my ability to bring forth into fruition that which I that which I'm thinking. That is the power of the intellect. When the intellect, when consciousness is completely expanded, then there is no need for the specific guidance that Chukim and Mishpatim offer. Hatoiv HaGomor, the complete goodness that is found in completing an action simply flows from the beauty of the intellect. What originates in potential is actualized in reality without anything preventing it. And all of the obstacles of life, all of the, those resistances of life, all those things that get in the way of our great intentions, all the things that get in the way and distract us from living, all of the obstacles of life straighten themselves out by themselves. Then when we are tasked with chukim and mishpatim, when we are given chukim and mishpatim, the chukim and mishpatim are fulfilled not as rules and laws, but as simply the most natural thing to do as things that the intellect is simply unfolding on its own. That is a description of Adam Arishan Kadam Before Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, in that pristine stage, in that innocent and completely fully expanded sense of consciousness that Adam had, all of the Chukim and Mishpatim, all of the laws that were given later on in the Torah, were, were, were expanded upon, were expressed, and were completed without any sense of resistance, without any need for force, with simply the natural power of the intellect expressing itself. And all the obstacles of life were completely flattened out and straightened out on their own. The Chukim and Mishpatim are fulfilled not as rules and laws, but as the most natural thing to do. But what happened? We ate from the Eitzadas. Adam and Chava reduced their status. They indulged in a physical form of pleasure that reduced their status to a lower level of consciousness. And what we are ended up with is you, reality the way we know it, which Rav Cook says, good and evil, good and evil and all of their frequencies and differences, and all the hard work of finding a balanced path between good and evil, with not wanting to go overboard in one direction or withdrawing too much in another direction. All of that, that whole story of good and evil, of toivara, that confusion that we are all living with, without clarity, without an expanded consciousness, that confusion that we all have to deal with between good and evil, the chaotic, fragmented pieces that pull us in every different direction, all of that came as a result of the intellect diminishing. In the void left by the intellect diminishing, we are left with emotions, with the ability to be impressionable. We are, we are sponges to be completely impressioned on and influenced by things and people and ideas. And we've become completely immersed in our senses. In other words, what Rav Kook is telling us, prior to the sin of the eating of that apple or that fruit from the Eitz the human mind, Adam's mind, was completely consumed with all of his thoughts and all of his emotions were not thoughts and emotions the way we understand it. All of it was consumed with mitzvahs, doing all different kinds of chukim and mishpatim that he naturally intuited on his own. It is not a denial and a suppression of emotions. It is the highest form of transcendence of being completely consumed with doing the most natural things on earth. But since we got confused with Toiv and Ra, since we ate from the Eitzadas and our consciousness got diminished, we are now brought down to our knees and live the way we understand humanity to live confused between all different kinds of competing emotions, all different kinds of sense, sensual things, all different kinds of influences. We are, we are 
influenced and, and become impressed by and on by all different kinds of things. And those lower dimension consciousness, that lower level of, of living life is Adam Rishon So again, Adam Rishon before, before he sinned, everything that he was consumed with, all that he lived with was simply act, acting out and actualizing that which is the most natural thing that, the, that our consciousness tunes into, and that is chukim and mishpatim. Everything that exists in this world, the, the, the Torah, everything that exists in this world is a, is, a, is a manifestation of Torah. Everything that humanity has the capacity to get to is to be mekayim, what it says in the Torah. The relationship between Hashem, the Torah, and the Jewish people is such that humanity has the capacity, humanity and the most expanded consciousness that, a, that human beings can, can have, humanity has the capacity to tune into God, to be connected to God, and through intuiting all the aspects of reality, all the aspects of creation, to know exactly what God wants to do, to know exactly what God wants from man. And instead of man being confused and needing to contend with making meaning out of life and finding spiritual ways to grow and being stuck with grief and loss and pain. Instead of all of that, man would simply be tuned into living in the most natural way, living out all of what God wanted. But since we diminished our consciousness, since Adam ate from, from the tree of uh, wisdom, the wisdom between good and evil, he introduced within himself the confusion between good and evil, and now humanity is as humanity is. That's the first source. And from there, we're going to move into the second source, which is the Noim Elimelech Parshas Yisro, the introduction to the Aseris Hadibras. So here we are. We have just, as a nation, we have just crossed over. It's, it's a few thousand years after Adam Arishon. The Jewish people that carry the legacy of Adam and Chanoich and Mesushalach and Noach and Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov and the Shvatim, those people that carry that legacy, that the Torah follows the story into Mitzrayim, through Mitzrayim, out of Mitzrayim, past Yamsuf. We are now standing at the foot of a mountain, and we are about to experience revelation. Every good religion has a revelation story without comparing the two. Our revelation story begins at our Sinai, happens at our Sinai. We believe that Hashem is constantly revealing himself to us. There's a constant, continuous revelation. The introduction that Hashem introduces himself in this moment by Har Sinai begins with the words, Hashem I am Hashem, your God, the first of the Ten Commandments. As an introduction to that, the Torah tells us, Hashem, God, spoke all of these words to his people, saying, So says the Ali Melech, and here we're going to read inside. The Zara Kaddish teaches us, es kol, everything, the word, again, the words say, God spoke, es kol hadvarim, all of these words saying, es kol, the Zara Kaddish says, es kol is the words, the words es kol connect to the word Avram. They connect to Avram Avinu. Hashem, we know, the Pasuk tells us, Hashem Baruch is Avram Bakol. Kol somehow is connected to the world of Avram, even though Kol is connected to every one of the Shvatim. But the Zara Kodesh says, Es Kol is the Midah of Avram. That somehow, as God is introducing the Torah into the world, somehow as God is introducing the Ten Commandments, which is going to become the foundation for the, for 
the major Judeo-Christian religion. The introduction of that, somehow we are invoking the word, the, the life of Avram, the soul of Avram into this. The Zayar Kaddish says, doesn't say it exactly outright, but it seems pretty clear what the Zayar Kaddish means, is God created a world of chesed, God created a world of righteousness, of mercy, of love. Avram's midah is the midah of love. Es kol, kol means all of these words, but it also means all of creation, and it also means all of the people in the world. The midah of chesed, we're about to introduce the Torah. Here comes the midah of chesed. Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu is brought back into this picture. Avram is an av, he's a father. Moshe Rabbeinu is a teacher. We're bringing in the connection between our avos, who were not teachers, they were fathers, and Moshe Rabbeinu is the teacher. So all of this stuff is going on. So this is how the, the Naim Alimelech explains the, the introduction of the neshama of Avram into the story. Benir al-Farish, the Naim Alimelech says, the Isa, because we know the Gemara tells us, Kayim Avram Avinu, that Avram Avinu was Mekayim the entire Torah before it was given, that Avram Avinu knew and understood and, and completed and fulfilled every aspect of the Torah. asks the Torah. How did Avram Avinu know the Torah? Avram, there, was no, there was no Torah floating around. It's not as if there was a secret handbook that was passed down from generation to generation. How could it be that Avram knew the entire Torah? Ach be'emes, says the Naim Elimelech, shohaya Avram Avinu ala v'ashalam, mekadish atzmai, Avram Avinu purified himself, he holified himself, umedabik atzmai bahabari barachu bedveikas gadol. Avram Avinu was on such a level, not of transcendence, but of purification, of holiness, which is not transcendence. It's about taking a, a, such an important look at his own life and growing himself into such a state of holiness and connection to God. He spent all of his time looking at the depth of creation and looking at the cause of, of creation and seeing that everything that we have in reality today is an expression of some deeper, higher level of mystical creation. El that means that every aspect of this world is really an expression of some higher world. Avram Avinu was able to look into all of reality and see all of the levels of the creation of the world. Through this, through Avram Avinu, but both being Mekadesh himself, purifying and growing and becoming such a refined and holy human being, and through his connection to God, and through his ability to look into reality and see reality in all of its dimensions, he was able to understand that because the world is not exactly the way we think it is, but what there are, there are more mystical dimensions to every aspect of reality. He was able to look into those higher dimensions and be able to intuit and understand mitzvahs. This world, he was able to see the mitzvah of tzitzis. In that world, he was able to see the mitzvah of shatnas. In that world, he was able to see the mitzvah of, of Basar Bacholov, of ribis. He was able to see the root, the spiritual root of everything in reality and be able to intuit from that the mitzvahs. Since Avram Avinu was able to connect himself to Hashem in such a way, he was able to understand and grasp that which God wanted from all of us. So before we go further, this sounds very much like 
what Rav Kook was teaching us of Adam Rishon before the Chait, that when a person is in, is in, is when a person's consciousness is completely expanded, when a person's living on such a high level of, of expansiveness, then the chukim and mishpatim, the laws and the rules of God, don't need to be commanded. We can simply intuit them and in the most natural way be consumed in our minds and our, in our bodies in simply just activating and doing. Avram Avinu, who was, such an high, was on such a high madrega, was able to tune in to that and through that understand and know all the mitzvahs that Hashem had in this world. Aval, he says, he goes on to say, we who live in a lower level of consciousness, we need to look into the Torah. We need to go the other direction. We need to look into the Torah. We need to hear what the Torah tells us we need to do. We need to be commanded by God to do. And it's through that doing that we can, we can observe, we can connect, we can grow ourselves. And it is through that doing that we can bring, up, can bring about our own connection with Hashem. To read what he says inside. We can only comprehend and grasp the root of a mitzvah through the Torah. When we, as human beings, are Isaac in the Torah. Now, what does it mean, Lishma, just for a minute? We all know that there's, that there's uh, an aspect of religious life called Shalai Lishma and an aspect of religious life that's called Lishma. Many of the Mepharshim, many of the Rishonim and the Achreinim talk about what this means. What does it mean to do something Lishma? I believe that mo for most, most of the Balei Hasidim, most of the Tamid Abash the concept of doing something Lishma means when there's complete alignment between my actions, my intentions, my desires, my interests, when there's a complete alignment between what I want and what I do, and that all, that all is in complete alignment with Hashem. To be Isaac in Torah Lishma means that I'm Isaac in how to bring myself in alignment with Hashem, that I'm learning for the sake of realigning myself with the essence of what I am, that's, that's the essence of my neshama, to realign myself with Hashem, to realign my actions with Hashem, so that it's not about acting in a way that I'm forcing myself to do something as, as a contrarian to what, to what I want, but the opposite. I know in the deepest way what I want, and I'm able to manifest in the deep, from the deepest place of, of what I want into the world of action. And it is studying the Torah in that way that I'm able to see the panemius of the Torah. I'm able to see that which Hashem really wants in every action that he asks me to do. And I'm able to connect that back to myself. We can grasp the root of any mitzvah and its source through learning the Torah. When we learn the Torah lishma, that means we are capable of learning Torah in panemius, in its depth to understand what is behind the commandment? What is the purpose of the commandment? How is that purpose of the commandment linking up to something about me? How am I personally connected to this mitzvah? When I do that, then I can, then we as human beings have the capacity to do that which Avram did in the other direction. In other words, Avram was Makadish himself and through that intuited the mitzvah. We are commanded to do a mitzvah and through that we can intuit what there is for us and what there is in this world and what the purpose of the mitzvah is. How is that possible that we can do that? How is it possible that we, again, that we can learn about every mitzvah and through learning about every mitzvah, through learning the Torah, we can connect to the depths of reality, the depths of who we are. Hashem, in all of his mercy and in all of his love for us, he introduced 
trapdoors. He introduced pathways of connection to him through his Torah. And he gave us the capacity to be inspired internally. That means to be personally moved <coughs> through our connection to Torah. So that we can then be moved and inspired within ourselves down here on planet Earth to actualize mitzvahs. There's Dabkus through connecting to him. In order for us to grasp the makar of every mitzvah. In other words, if every mitzvah is simply a reflection of something in creation that Hashem wanted to bring into fruition, and Hashem commanded each and every one of us to act on those mitzvahs in order to activate those higher mystical places up in, up in the sky, up in, up in those upper realms of reality, that by me doing a mitzvah, I am activating, somehow I am activating reality in its higher sense, in its higher consciousness. Then that means that Hashem is giving me the capacity to tune into Him. Hashem is giving me the capacity to tune into all of reality. Hashem is giving the capacity for me to align myself with all of reality. This is what it means that Hashem spoke all of these words and Eskol, the Zarek says that Eskol is, is bringing out the neshama of Avram. What does it mean that he's bringing out the neshama of Avram? What does Avram have to do with anything here? Pirish. Shekal hasagas hatayrish shehisig Avram ayideid veikusim adregas batinstavkos. All of those areas that Avram Avinu was able to grasp through his connection and through his great, unbelievable self-manifestation and his connection to Hashem, through that, he was able to be masig, grasp, and intuit the Torah. This is what Hashem is speaking to us. Hashem is speaking to us, the Koyach of Avram. Hashem is saying to us, just like my Avraham was able to tune into reality through his own work, his own personal manifestation, his own growth, his own purification, his own holiness, and his connection to me. And through that, he was able to connect to the Torah. I am going to give you, his children, the Torah, so that you can do the same thing Avram did, albeit in the opposite direction. You are going to learn the Torah. You are going to learn about the every mitzvah and every halacha and every act that I'm asking you to do. And every one of those acts that I'm asking you to do con contains within it another door, another hallway, another pathway to connect to me, another pathway to connect to yourself, another pathway to connect to all of reality, and to manifest yourself through the Torah. Okay. This is the first, the first, uh, the first part of our discussion which is the recognition that Hashem has given every one of us the capacity to go back to that state of Adam of that purest, highest level of expanded human consciousness. Maybe we can't, we can't execute that on our own, but Hashem has given us a little taste of that with every mitzvah, with every commandment, with every rule, with every aspect of ethic and morality that we find in the Torah, every one of those things is a little another doorway into the expansiveness that Avram Avinu was able to reach, the expansiveness of how Adam Rishon was created, <laughs> and our capacity to recognize that Hashem is asking each and every one of us to intuit and get to know Him, get to understand reality, get to tune into reality, and get to manifest myself through all of that. So here I want to uh, move for a moment into a discussion about Kabbalah Satira, and perhaps even what might sound like a very paradoxical aspect of Kabbalah Satira.
because most of what we were just discussing, excuse me, most of what we were just discussing sounds nice and fine and dandy. But we know that in next week's parish in Parashash Mishpatim, we are going to say the words Nasev and Nishma. Nasev and Nishma, we will do and we will listen. Listening generally means an act of contemplation, an act of reflection. Listening happens internally. It's about receiving. To be shomea, to listen is to receive. To hear something is to tune in with my ears, to listen to what's being said, and to receive. It's one of those things that we don't really have uh, in our natural way. Obviously, we have fingers we can stick in our ears. The Gemara addresses that. But we don't have like our eyes to close our eyes or to close our mouth. Our ears and our nose don't have flaps in front of them. To, to listen is to receive, to receive something. Generally, when a person intuits something or understands something, at least in Yiddish, we say, I hear, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I understand. Nasev <clears throat> nishma. So the word nishma generally means we intuited. We got to understand. I hear you. I understand you, God. Doesn't just mean I will listen to you. It means I hear, I understand. I understand there's something deeper going on here. I understand that there's something more meaningful going on here. Naase is the world of action. It's the world of doing, executing. Irregardless of what you understand, irregardless of what you intuit, irregardless of how meaningful it is, do it. Naase, we will do it. The Gemara relates what a high level it was for the Jewish people to say, Na'asevanishma, we will do and we will listen, that we, we somehow knew to say that we will do it before we will listen to it. And this is, of course, a, a major discussion that, that, uh, that we've talked about before. The Gemara says that uh, the Jewish people are accused of being impulsive people. How could you agree to do something before you know what you're agreeing to? So to put it into our language, the world of nishma is the world of relationship. To listen to something is to say, you speak and I hear. That's a relationship. It's a dynamic. You give, I receive. You activate, I react. The world of nishma is really the relationship that exists between Hashem and Kla Yisrael. That is to say, that in my relationship between me and Hashem, I do a little bit, he does a little bit, we are connected with each other. There's a symbiotic relationship that takes place in the world of Nishma. It's much more connected to the world of Av and Ben. My relationship with Hashem, as Hashem is my father and I am his child, I am her child, Av and Ben, my father, my son, that realm that is called in the Sfarim Ahava, love, that realm is marked by relationship. It's my relationship between me and Hashem. Naase, on the other hand, we will do, really rejects the notion of relationship, where it doesn't necessarily reject, but is working on another frequency. That the world of Naase has to do with the world of responsibility of action, of personal motivation, focus, discipline, activation. Naase, we will do. We are activated and we will do. We will, ex- we will manifest, we will express. You give us what we need and we will do it. In that world, in that way of serving Hashem, of living on this world, the relationship between me and Hashem is not what's important. My responsibility to fulfill that which I'm commanded to do. Responsibility means that which I'm responding to, I'm not reacting to. You tell me to do something and I'm going to respond. My response 
is irrelevant to the fact that you told me, meaning, uh, to just to speak this out, responsibility comes from the, from the word respond. I could react and I could respond. To react means I love you. You, you lift your finger. I, I turn around to look at you. I reacted to you. It's impulsive and it's automatic. <clears throat> it is contemplative in a way. The world of nishma is contemplative in a way. To react to something means that the entire purpose of what's taking place between us is the dynamic. You do, I, re I react. To respond to something means you do, but I take what you do into myself. And I filter what you do or what you say through myself. That means that my response to you, which is what responsibility is, my response to you is not simply a mutual relationship. My response to you comes from myself. You do. I take it in. I think about it. I chew it over. I filter it through my consciousness. I think about how I want to do it. And I do it. And I respond to what you're saying. The world of Nasa is not the world of relationship. It's the world of responsiveness. I respond to a calling. I'm being called to do something. I'm being tasked to do something. I'm being asked to do something. In that world of Nasa, the relationship between me and Hashem is not marked by relationship. The relationship between me and Hashem, and Hashem is called an Eved Larabo or an Eved Laadon. That is a servant or an employee, an employee to their master or their employer. I'm not in a relationship with my employer. It would be nice, but my relationship with my employer is marked by the fact that I give, I do for him, <clears throat> I get paid my wages. If it's a commission-based business, I can get, I can make more money. But essentially, it's about me agreeing to do what I need to do. And in that way, there's seemingly no relationship between me and Hashem. That there's no relationship between me and Hashem. It's all about me. I need to do. I need to complete. I need to fulfill. It's my responsibility. Kal Yisrael said, which would seem to be <coughs> that we are being, what, what we did was we said to Hashem, before we enter into a relationship with you, we want you to know that we will take what you have to say seriously, but we're going to do this on our own. Nasa, Nasa, you want us uh, to, to engage with you? The first and highest level of engagement is Nasa. We are going to do this on our own. We're going to do this on our own. And then Nishma, then we'll enter into a, a, a nice, warm and comfortable relationship with you. We'll sit down, we'll have coffee together, we'll fabreng. They'll tell us a little bit cutesy uh, We'll tell you some cutesy or or something more meaningful, something more depth oriented. But then we'll connect. But the first thing is we agreed to do. Now, what's the problem with that? What's the what's the challenge of that? The challenge of that is in the world of Nasa, what we can uh, get lost in is. the feeling that we are left alone. Both the feeling that we are left alone and the feeling that we are <clears throat> tasked to do something and that in our being tasked to do something, our experience of that thing is irrelevant. Because again, in the relationship between an Eved Larabo, it is very, very possible for a person to mistakenly think that the relationship is meaningless. That's what we just said. I'm an Eved. If I'm an Eved, it's, it's re, it, there is zero need for me to know how Hashem thinks of me. There's only one thing that's important. Did you actualize or did you not? Did you produce that which you are tasked with producing or did you not? There's also the, there's also the capacity for ego, a tremendous amount of ego. I did that. I have to do this. It's about me. My chiyuv in mitzvahs, my uh, requirement to fulfill this. And so in that world of Nasa, what we run into a problem with is, is 
two things. We run into the possibility that Hashem doesn't really care about me. He kind of said it and forget it. He gave me and tasked me with what to do and then turned around and with an indifferent or apathetic eye, he watches to see whether or not I do it or not. Or the other side, which is my ego of priding myself on all the, th the things that I've done and getting lost in thinking that I am so great because of all the things that I've done. And that my greatness and my value is completely connected to how much I've been successful in life. <clears throat> Both of those uh, things, of on the one hand, feeling left alone by Hashem, and the possibility of my ego going through the roof, both of these things are really aspects of the world of Eved, the aspects of the world of Nasa that need to be worked out. Because all the Torah we were learning before from Rav Kook and the Naim Melech, all of that seems to be related to the world of Nishma, of connecting deeply and intuiting and understanding and seeing how the dots connect and seeing how within myself it makes the most sense to keep a mitzvah, that's the world of Nishma. But the world of Nasa really seems to be a world that is very, very confusing and very harsh and very challenging. So I would like to offer one out of many thoughts that I have about this. And to do that, I would like to introduce a story. There's a story that they say about the Baal Shem Tov. The story is that they that somebody uh, approached the Baal Shem Tov and said to the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, you know, you've always taught us that there's no such thing as pure evil in this world. <clears throat> that no midah, no character trait that a person has is actually evil. There's no such thing as a person that has a character trait that's purely evil. Every character trait that a person has, every midah that a person has, has some positive way of actualizing itself. So they asked the Vashemtav, when and in what way <clears throat> is the midah of kfira, is the midah of rejecting God, in what way is the midah of rejecting God a midah that needs to be that can be used, excuse me, that could be used in a positive way. When is it ever okay to reject God? When is it a midah, <coughs> a good thing to bring the midah of kfira out into reality? So the Vashem Tov told them that when you hear of a story of a man in need, now think about this. Imagine if you're walking down the street and you see a little old woman tripped in the, in the crosswalk and the light's about to turn green and you see this big 18-wheeler truck heading its way towards the middle of the crosswalk. In that moment, imagine if a person said to themselves, well, I guess God is predetermined and destined that this is going to be the last few breaths that this woman takes. And... Um, yeah, it's really sad. It's really sad that she's going to die. And uh, yeah, I don't understand why God would do that to her, but I suppose that's, uh, that's the way it's meant to be. I have animam in bemun that Hashem is running this world. Hashem is masader, all the things that are going on in this world. He's masaviv kol almen, and he's within everything. And I believe, believe Shalom right now that this is what Hashem wants. All right, obviously, it's all happening. So the Hashem says, when you see another yid, in need. When you see a human being in need, don't stand up in that moment and say, well, God will provide. God will take care. God runs the world. This is the way it's meant to be. Says the Baal Shem Tov, that's a moment where your job is to be kaifer be'ikr. That's a moment where your job is to reject godliness and stand up on your own and save that woman's life. Fulfill that need that, that your friend or your neighbor has. <clears throat> you know, I've said this a bunch of times before, and so I'm going to kind of capitalize on this part. 
When Hashem was creating man, Hashem said the words, Nasa Adam, let us make man. Let us make man. And everyone's bothered. Who is Hashem talking to when Hashem said, let us make man? Every other creature that he created, he said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be darkness. And there was darkness. Let there be grass and grass grew. But when it came to creating man, he said, let us make man. And again, the Bashem Tev said that Hashem was talking to man himself. And he was saying to man was, <clears throat> you and I are going to join in creating the essence of who you are. Every other time that a human being acts, every I'm sorry, every other time that a creature acts the way it's meant to act, it's doing what it does. I've created the sun to rise every day. I've created the grass to engage in photosynthesis. I've created the trees to produce fruit. And I've created the fish to serve in the ocean. The moment I created every aspect of creation, the creation of that being stopped and that being simply acts and does what it does. That's not the case for you, says the Basham When I created you, I created you half. You are half of a creation. You have the capacity through anything that you do. You have the capacity to continue creating yourself. You have the capacity to continue growing yourself. And so my thinking was later on when Klai Yisrael said, Nasa v'nishma, Klai Yisrael said, Hashem nasa. everything that Hashem speaks to us, we're going to do. What does it mean we're going to do? It doesn't mean that they knew anything it says in the Torah. What it means is that they said, we are going to be the other, we agree to be the other partner in that call of Nasa Adam. Let us make man. Let us make man. Let me and you make man. When a Jew, when a human being acts in this world, they're not simply acting. They are engaged in an act of creation. What is the distinction between acting and engaging in an act of creation? <clears throat> The sun rises and shines. The sun acts. Nature acts. But human beings create. I create more of myself. I create more in this world. I create more opportunities for you. I create more opportunities for myself. Nasa Adam means that Hashem said, I'm giving you the capacity. You, human being, are the only ones in this world that can generate more of yourself. You can grow more of yourself. And so when we received the Torah, the response we gave to Hashem was not, we're going to do anything it says in the Torah. We don't know what it says in the Torah. Our response is, we are going to activate and create more of who we are. We hear you offering the Torah. We understand intuitively that the purpose of the Torah is to engage and create more of who we are and so we respond to what you're saying when you're asking us do we want to receive the Torah we respond by saying yes we want to continue to activate more of ourselves we want to grow more of ourselves we want to become we want to consistently be in a state of becoming in a state of becoming it's not merely that we are obligated to do something and we fulfill our obligation. To be mekayim, a mitzvah means that we are bringing more of reality into life. We are bringing more of Hashem's will into this world means we are creating. To be mekayim, a mitzvah means that every mitzvah we do, <coughs> we are giving more validity to the, to the existence of life that every mitzvah that we do, everything that we do, we are manifesting more of ourselves. We are growing more of ourselves. We are becoming more of who we are. It doesn't simply mean to fulfill a responsibility. Our responsibility to the Torah means that we are responding to Hashem. When Hashem is offering us the Torah, we are responding to Hashem, not in relation to Hashem, in relation to who we are. The world of Nishma means I am responding and reacting to your call as being in relationship with me. Nasa, we're not in relationship. Hashem, 
Hashem said, I'm doing my half. Now, do you want to do yours? When I'm doing my half, I am actually responding to the call of Nasa Adam. Who on this planet, Hashem said when he offered the Torah, who on this planet wants to be like Avram Avinu? Who on this planet wants to join with me in becoming Nasa Adam, in expanding and manifesting who we are? And so we're going to move to the third, the third Torah here. And this is where I think it's really important. Because what the Bashem Tevach was teaching <coughs> about being kaifer be'ikr, of rejecting God, it, it doesn't just mean when we talk about doing chesed for someone else, it means taking care of ourselves too. That there are times in life that Hashem is saying to us, I want you to reject me. Let's understand that. I want you to recognize that all of Torah is about Nasa Adam. All of Torah is about expanding who you are. And no, I'm not looking to turn any of us into atheists. Hashem says, I'm not looking that you should reject me, but I want you to know that in the world of Nasa, in the world of activating, you are a creator. And as you in creation, you have to know that you at times must stand up for yourself, even if it means standing up in the face of me in order to expand who you are. So now listen to this title from Rav Cook, and I, I hope to be able to explain this the way that I mean it. It's the next Torah. The first one we did was Ayin Dalit. Now we're going to do Ayin Hay, 75. <coughs> it is forbidden for Yerushamayim for to reject the natural ethic, the natural humanity, the natural existence of a human being, the innocent, the curious, the pure, the confident, the childlike, expanded consciousness that every one of us is inherently created with, it is forbidden for Yerushamayim to reject the natural ethic of a person. The relationship between an Eved and its Rabbah and, 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 and their master is all about Yerushamayim. The world of Shmia, the world of Nishma, that's all Ahava. The world of Nasa is all Yira. So says Rav Kook, it is forbidden for Yerushamayim to reject the natural ethic of a person because that kind of Yerushamayim is not pure. The sign of pure Yerushamayim is when the ethic of a person that everyone is born with grows and transcends together and in accordance with the Yerushamayim. Again, the sign of pure Yerushamayim is when the ethic of a person <coughs> that everyone is born with, grows and transcends in accordance with the Yerushalayim. In ways that Yerushalayim exists for the sake of having man grow. In ways that man could not grow on his or her own without Yerushalayim. My connection with Torah is all about expanding who I am. And when my Yerushalayim comes in conflict with who I am, I have to ask one or two questions. Either I'm misunderstanding myself or I'm misunderstanding the Torah. The whole story of receiving the Torah is to tune into that which Avram Avinu was, which is to be Mekadesh himself, which is to grow himself, to purify and holify, and to recognize that in no way, shape, or form do any of the restrictions in Torah come to restrict and reject the natural ethic of who I am. So you'll ask me a question, what about homosexuality? What about transgenderism? So that's a very, very deep question. And I'm not addressing that. I'm, I don't, it's not, no one's asking me to address that, perhaps in a, different, in a different class. But for us to understand that the Torah does not come to reject the natural ethic of a person. If we can imagine a Yerushamayim that without its influence, a person would grow and would manifest more and more, and adding such Yerushamayim would diminish his or her capacity to manifest, this is called forbidden Yerushamayim. So let's get this straight. The entire purpose of the world of Nase, which seems to be colder and darker 
It seems to be left alone. We seem to be told, you're on your own, do your own thing. I will sit by and watch and see whether or not you completed all of your tasks. In that world, that seems to be confusing of Yerushamayim, where we said it's very possible that a person can feel completely rejected and left alone by Hashem, or the opposite, their ego can expand and run higher and higher by all the things that they've done because they confuse success and self-worth with the same thing. They confuse happiness and success with the same thing as being the same thing. In that state of confusion, Rav Cook's teaching us that the secret of saying Nasa, the secret of saying Nasa of Yerushalayim, of accepting the Torah as an individual, that predates, that's more important, that's on a higher level than being in a relationship with Hashem. That means, according to the way we're saying it, to be in a relationship with Hashem is beautiful. But that can only happen if I'm first able to say Nasa. That means I'm able to be my own individual. And that means that at times when I want to escape into spirituality or transcend my reality and to try to search for my dragas that are higher than myself, I have to learn how to reject that. I sometimes have to learn how to reject God in order to take care of myself. I sometimes need to learn how to reject emuna and bitachon for the sake of standing up and doing it on my own. There are times in life where a person goes through such unbelievable hell that they have to put their religion on the side. They have to put Torah mitzvahs on the side for the sake of Torah mitzvahs, for the sake of learning that God exists in the lowest places, for the sake of knowing that God exists in wanting me and rooting for me to be the best that I am. In that way, I'm not in relationship with God. In that way, God is within me. In that way, God is begging of me and asking me and inviting me, manifest yourself grow yourself. And if at times you need to forget me, that's okay. If it's in the service of growing yourself, I'm not talking about growing ourselves out of religion. What I'm talking about is for the sake of getting to the place of being in a relationship with Hashem, I must first understand that there's a Nasa Adam and there's a Nasa Torah. Man says, Nasa, God says Nasa Adam and man responds Nasa Torah. It's one and the same. It's one picture. It's two sides of the same coin. In those places in my life, when I want to manifest myself and I want to look around my life and see in what way I have resistance within myself, what is preventing me from being the best I can be? There are times where I might have to look at the Torah and say, you know what, there's something here. There's some Yerushalayim that's usher. There's some Yerushalayim psula here. <clears throat> there's some Europe Sulada, Alter Rebbe in, in Balatania talks about this many, many, in many places. The concept of a Europe Sula, the Shlach Kaddish and the Alshar Kaddish, many, many talk about uh, uh, different versions of this. But to understand that it's possible that somehow in my relationship with Hashem, somehow in my fear of heaven, there's really anxiety. There's something off. Yiras Shamayim that diminishes my sense of self, that works against my manifest, my manifesting myself is a Yerushalayim Sula. My job of self-development as a Jew requires an ongoing process of asking, am I getting something wrong about Torah or am I getting something wrong about myself? If I see that my self-manifestation is growing consistently in ways that are outside and pushing me further away from godliness? Is that happening because I'm misunderstanding something about myself? Or is that happening because I'm somehow misunderstanding something about God? If I'm misunderstanding something about God, I must reject God. That's what Rav Cook is telling us in not so many words. It is forbidden that your Shemayim should reject the humanity within each and every one of us. And so the higher madrega is for a human being to get to a point where within themselves, and of course it doesn't mean to reject God completely. It means to reject the concepts of God that pull us down and to recognize that the introduction to all of Torah is the concept of Nasa Adam that Hashem is calling to every one of us and saying, I would like you to be the best you. I want you to be manifested. 
in the glory and majesty of who you are, of how I see you could be. I want all of your potential to be manifested completely. And I want all of that potential to be manifested completely through the Torah because when all that works together, when all that drives and all that aligns, that's the world of Nasa. That's not the world of Mishra. In other words, all the Torah we were learning before about man intuiting what God wants really can exist in the world of Nasa, not just in the world of relation, relationship to Hashem. We'll end off with a mission in Pirkei Avos. We've learned this together before. It's the third mission. It's the third parak of Pirkei Avos. It's the, the 14th mission of Mishnah Yadalad. The Mishnah prior to this was talking about Rabbi Kiva. So Rabbi Kiva said, Chaviv Adam Shaniver B'Tzalem. How great and beloved, how loved man is from God, by God. <coughs> how loved is man by God. Shaniver B'Tzalem, that he was created in man's image, that he was created in God's image, sorry. Chaviv Adam Shaniver B'Tzalem. How loved man is because he's created in God's image. Chiba Yasera, there's an extra added love. There's an extra added love. That man was informed that he was created in, in, in God's image. Yisrael are loved by Hashem because they are considered children of Hashem. But Chiba Yasera, but there's an added beauty and added love to Klayasol because they are told that they that they are uh, the children of Hashem. How great and loved Klayasol was that they were given a Klichemda, they were given Kalim, tools, pathways, doorways that are beautiful. But an extra added love that they were that they were informed and and we were let know we were explained what the purpose of Torah is Hashem didn't just give us the Torah Hashem explained to us that I'm giving you something good today I'm giving you something that is meant for you if you take all the aspects of this mission it contains everything we just talked about man is created in God's image. That being created in God's image is the words Nasa Adam, let us make man. Let us means that in the world of Nasa Adam, in the world of being an Eved to Hashem, it doesn't just mean that Hashem sits apathetically on the side. It means the exact opposite. Hashem said, I am creating you exactly the way I am. You and I are going to be similar. From all the creatures of the world, when they act, they just act. But when you act, you create. You create more of who you are. And I give you that capacity because you're created in my image. And not just did Hashem do that, Hashem informed us. Hashem told us, I want you to know that I'm creating you in my image. I want you to know that I'm creating you as a creator, to be with me, to be alongside me, to stand next to me. We're not in relationship with each other. We are so similar that I want you on your own to know and understand. Hashem says, I'm not just giving it to you. I'm not sitting on the side apathetically. I'm informing you in full capacity that everything about you is about manifesting who you are and becoming larger and bigger and greater and to continue to thrive in your life. That's the world of Nishma. And Chiba, that Hashem gave us the Torah, that in order to enter the world of Torah, there has, there has to be the, the, the introduction of this concept of Nasa Adam, this concept of Avram Avinu, who was able to intuit Hashem through his own personal growth. He did it on his own. It's the world of Nasa. He did it on his own. He intuited on his own through his own hard work, through his own manifesting of who he is, as the Naim Elamelech explains. Every one of us has the capacity to not just know who we are, not just know how Hashem sees us, but every one of us is given the capacity to look into the Torah and to see where in the Torah are the letters of my name, where in the Torah is the story of my life, 
Some people connect more to this area. Some people connect more to that area. To learn halacha, not just with the practical examples of what we should or shouldn't do, but to learn halacha in a way where we find meaning in it. We learn the tameha mitzvahs, the reasons behind the mitzvahs. We learn about the spiritual nature of every mitzvah. We figure out in what way the Torah is a vehicle to the greatest self-manifestation project that ever existed. And with that, every one of us should have our own chizuk in our personal growth and our personal kiyum of Torah mitzvahs. <clears throat> and Hashem should see it that there should be never, ever, ever another experience of a human being's musar hativ'i shala adam, where a person's humanity is rejected in the name of anything, specifically in the name of religion. No one's life deserves to be rejected in the name of any God, in the name of any religious practice. It's all meant to be one and the same. And with that, we should be zaycha that we make it in our generation to the times of Mashiach when all of the alignment between Klal Yisrael and Hashem through the Torah will be once again one straight, com complete alignment. And as we started, as Rav Kook says, that our seichel, our consciousness, will be meir b'maloi oirei, will be expanded, our consciousness will be expanded to a place of pure manifestation without any obstacles, without any tragedy, without any challenge to human dignity, but simply to grow more and more and more get the